Hello there, this is Mark Bauerline with another conversation. Before we get to it, a word about one of our sponsors. Located in the foothills of Wyoming's spectacular Wind River Range, Wyoming Catholic College, an accredited four-year Great Books Institution, is built on the ancient Western tradition of the liberal arts and the freedom of the American West. The college offers its students an immersion in the primary sources of the classical tradition, the grandeur of the mountain wilderness, and the spiritual heritage of the Catholic Church. Students experience the illumination of imagination and intellect through the great books and traditional disciplines, literature and philosophy, mathematics and theology, science and Latin, and an outdoor program second to none. The college celebrated an in-person graduation with its seniors last year and welcomed its largest freshman class ever this year. Learn more about the college's unique space in the world of American higher education at wyomingcatholic.edu. Pastor David Kubel is with us today. He is president of Intercessors of America and former vice president of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. He is with us today to discuss the recent Supreme Court decision, Kennedy versus Bremerton School District. Uh, welcome, Pastor Kubel. <laughs> well, thanks, Mark. I don't get called pastor that very often, so <laughs> well, well, nice I, I, to it. well, we'll begin with the formality and we'll, we'll, we'll proceed. We'll proceed to David. Uh, So uh, first, why don't you just tell us what uh, Intercessors for America does? Well, Intercessors for America is nearly 50 years old. And what we do is we inform, connect, and mobilize a community of people praying for the nation. And we reach millions of people every single month. And that uh, number is always growing because God is putting on the hearts of the church in the United States to pray for this nation. It's incredible to watch the the traction that this concept of shaping history through prayer is having in people's hearts as they look at our nation and look at our culture. You know, I've written some about, we were joking a little bit about the the millennials here who have to help me set up my my, my technical (laughs) equipment. But uh, I talk a lot about millennials and and digital technology. And one one big factor is, you know, the sour mood of, of young people in America today. Uh, is I attribute partly to, well, well, we'll bring it down to this, partly to their inability or their indisposition to prayer. I mean, how lucky is it for a 27-year-old who's undergoing the usual ups and downs of life to be able to uh, end the day with some prayer, to end the day by reading out loud a few of the Psalms, by by reading, you know, uh, 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 Mary the the Magnificat. How lucky are they? Why don't why don't why don't more of them know this? <laughs> well, Mark, you know, as you look at history, God wrote on our hearts the desire to connect and communicate with Him, and ever since history has been recorded, men women have been reaching out to God and. God's created this concept of prayer, this communication process, this communication, if you could even use the word technology, that he supports, that he initiated and uh, keeps into existence and allows us in the quietness of our hearts to, to reach out to, to our God. And so, yeah, I tell you what, uh, I'm amazed, to be honest with you, at what I have seen in the past five, eight years as 
people have come to be a part of Intercessors for America. And, and Mark, I tell you, it's not the 50 plus, not just the 50 plusers, you know, it's the, the 40 plusers, it's the 30 plusers that are coming to IFA because they look at our nation and they say, where, where is our nation going? What is happening to the environment that I'm able to, to raise my kids in? So, so I think it's a great day, to be honest with you, when it comes to prayer, because we're seeing incredible traction in this area. All right. Now, we, we talk about the prayer because prayer is at the center of this Supreme Court case. Uh, who, well, maybe, maybe I should ask you first, when did this whole episode begin or, or who was this Kennedy fellow? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And, and he really is a patriot that just decided to, um, to do uh, something great for God. He is a retired Marine. He served for 20 years. And upon retirement, he was looking for the next assignment, the next chapter in life. And this opportunity to coach football was presented to him. And he committed when that he committed to God when that opportunity was given to him that after every game, he would quietly by himself at the 50 yard line, give thanks to God. And so he did that. He did that for a number of years. I mean, this is this case is nearly 15 years old. And um, and as he did this quietly, uh, nobody complained. Nobody nobody raised an eyebrow except seven years after he was doing this. He uh, was his principal was approached by an opposing team uh, team's parent who complained. And this started an entire process of legal, legal wrangling and, and uh, him being um, put on supervisory leave and being fired. David, I, I have to interrupt you for a second. I actually didn't know that that was the source of the friction. The parent of an opposing team yeah. player who saw him go to the 50-yard line after the game and took offense at this? Yeah, it was not even in his own town of Bremerton, Washington. It was somebody that, from an outside, an outsider. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and oh, we'll, we'll keep going. Sorry to interrupt you. What, what happened from there on? Well, that's fine. And so, um, you know, it went through all sorts of legal iterations and Coach Kennedy um, uh, finally to the point that it was argued before the Supreme Court in spring of this year. And then the decision was just released a couple of weeks ago, which is a great, great boon for religious freedoms in the United States. Well, let me, let me ask. So the, the school officials took this complaint seriously. I mean, well, they, they, did, were, were, they, were they worried about a legal challenge coming? Were they, I mean, why didn't they, why didn't they just say, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to, to the coach about this and, and drop it? Yeah. Well, they tried just about everything. And you have no idea what the individual motivations are. But at the end of the day, the complaint revolved around whether or not uh, the school was um, endorsing a particular religion, uh, violating the Establishment Clause by allowed, allowing their employee to do this right out in, in, in broad daylight. And so that was what their concern was. And, you know, Washington's not known as a, a bastion of conservative thoughts. <laughs> so, uh, so that really grabbed traction and went all, all the way to the Supreme Court. And when, when they approached him, when the school officials approached him and said, 
you know, maybe you should just drop drop that. You you can't you can't do that anymore. What was his response? Well, again, there was a number of different, you know, stop, don't do it. Okay, I won't. I I will. I won't. And and finally, um, he was uh, inspired by a movie, a movie, the the Kendrick Brothers movie uh, about how coaches can make a difference. And and finally, he was so fired up and inspired by that that he just took a stand. And um, he he was standing for religious freedoms in the United States. And the victory is plain and clear in the decision by uh, Justice Gorsuch. You know, how many people in America believe that the phrase wall of separation actually appears in the Constitution? I've actually asked this question of of guests before. How many people really believe that that's there? Uh, I would say probably a majority of the United States, you know, and it's very unfortunate. I, I, I guess the media have repeated it. Reporters have repeated it so often yeah. that they believe that that's some kind of part of the law of the land, don't they? Yeah, they really do. Well, and I, I think this decision that came down from the Supreme Court clearly, clearly describes what our religious freedoms are. And Mark, if you don't mind, let me just break down what the decision was. And, Please. And the process that the the courts went the court went through and the process of the legal decision as detailed in the majority decision by Justice Gorsuch. The first question that they that he detailed in his opinion was what was happening at the time when uh, Coach Kennedy went to the 50 yard line and prayed? What was going on? And so they went to great length to establish um, uh, the environment that was happening. And this was after a football game. And probably you, all of your listeners have probably been to a high school football game at some point. You know, after a football game, people are kind of free to do whatever. Coaches catch up with other coaches from other teams or, or they catch up with family in the stands. It was determined that after the the game was over, what Coach Kennedy was doing um, was participating in what was called a free period by just Justice Gorsuch, in which uh, employees, coaches, uh, employees of the school were able to do things that they wanted to. It was personal time. And so that was established that it was personal time. He was able to do um, what he willed. And then so the next question became was if during this free period, during this free time, if he did something that looked religious, was this a violation of the Establishment Clause of the Constitution? And so the the decision of the court was, no, in fact, um, in fact, what the, what the coach was doing was something that he could do. Religious, the, the quote was, religious expression is vital in a free society. So a person on their free time, even if it's in the environment of, of a work environment, they are able to freely express their, their religion, whether it's wear a, 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 um, you know, a cap like the Jewish people do or, or pray or, or whatever. Uh, another quote that I thought was really great out of the, the brief was that um, tolerance to others' views is critical to a, a republic. 
And so I thought that those were uh, very two, two quotes that really crystallized the fact that what Coach Kennedy was doing, he was doing it on his free time. And just because it looks religious to some does not mean that it is establishing a state religion, a government religion. Yeah. And then, Mark, the last quote I'll share with you, which I thought was just gold. It said that just because somebody is offended by what Coach Kennedy did, did not translate into Coach Kennedy was coercing them into participating in his his religion. And I, I just think that's that's the quote of the day for me that, you know, if we offend people, it doesn't mean we're coercing them into our point of view. People get offended. That's fine. That doesn't mean I'm coercing you. Go ahead and keep your offense. I'm going to continue to follow my faith in Christ. And there was never any evidence that the coach was saying, get over here and pray with me. Exactly. That was actually an important part of this case that at no time did he coerce other players or coaches to be involved. Now, what happened was you probably have seen some pictures of him being surrounded by players uh, and coaches uh, joining him. But they were doing this in tribute to this man's religious freedoms. They weren't doing it because Coach Kennedy uh, coerced them in any way to participate. So it's really an incredible um, statement and clarification of people who are in the workplace and they wonder whether or not while they're at work, can they appear to be uh, to be religious, appear to follow their God, to follow Christ in the workplace? And the answer is clearly, absolutely yes. During your free time, you are able to, to follow your God. During your free time, you are able to do that. And so I think this is an, a very important case. And as the CEO and president of the largest prayer ministry, focusing in on praying for our nation, I couldn't be more pleased with this outcome. It's true to our constitution, and it really fits into where we are as a country right now. If I imagine if if the ACLU and other aggressive secularist uh, groups and individuals had their way, one couldn't be a principal, let's say, go into the lunchroom and get your lunch and other teachers are there, people who are sort of subordinate to you uh, in, in some way, you could not say, say even a silent grace before you begin eating, right? Well, actually, this... According to them, no, you can't well, do that. Well, yes. Okay, I understand That's what I mean. the line of your thought now. Yes, absolutely. The ACLU would say that, no, you can't do that. <clears throat> but this case clearly, clearly illustrates and uh, our legal opportunity to do whatever we want. Just because our free speech looks, looks religious to some does not mean it is religious in, in nature and endorsing a state church. Yeah. So free speech is free speech. That's the bottom line. Let's pause for a moment to ask if you are looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium. That's the University of Dallas in Irving, Texas. Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the university offers an exceptional liberal arts education with undergraduate and graduate programs in arts and sciences, business, and ministry, as well as a campus in Rome, Italy. 
all of them preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. I, I imagine that he was a good, uh, a good candidate for this case because I, I actually saw him speak at an event in St. Louis, uh, a parents and education event in St. Louis. He came in and he was sort of a guest speaker. He got up and talked. This was about three or four years ago. He just described his case and what happened. And you talk about him in, in the military. He's actually, he came off, I, I should say, as a very unassuming, yeah, almost quiet yep. person. There was no aggression in his voice. I can't imagine him uh, threatening to punish any player, even, even silently, uh, be biased against any player on his own team who didn't come and kneel with him. It, yeah. it just, it just didn't, it didn't fit. There was no record of that. So I presume that there were no parents in his own school who spoke out against him praying. Uh, is that, is that true? Were there, were there any, was there any dissatisfaction within his own uh, team or the parents of his players? There's no evidence of any of them coming forth and stating that. Hmm. Well, you know, you want to say, why do you think school officials, I mean, we've seen this in other examples as well, one little complaint by one person out of the blue, person who could be totally unrelated. You know, a, a note on Twitter, for instance, I saw this, this item in your store and, and I think it's offensive. Oh, we will pull that thing. School officials, one person not in your school district, not a parent of your own student says this and, and you're going to act on this. Why do the officials jump so readily? <laughs> well, I, I don't know, but I tell you what, I think it's got to stop. And I'll go back to my favorite quote of uh, Justice Gorsuch. Offense does not equal coercion. If you are offended, I'm sorry, but that's not going to limit my religious freedoms. You can turn your head and not look <laughs> if it offends you. I'm not trying to coerce you. I'm just following my God. Right. So, you know, in a in a free society that we have, tolerance goes both ways. If the left are expecting those of us on the right or those of us with conservative values or men and women of faith to be tolerant of their views, well, they've certainly got to be tolerant uh, of our views. And this co this case of Coach Kennedy uh, illustrates how we have legal standing for just that. Uh, do do some of the people, I mean, I've read some of the responses uh, to some of the recent decisions of, of the court, uh, not only on, on this case with the prayer case, but the main case about religious schools being able to get, par parents can take state funds and go to the school of their choice, even if it's a religious school, the court upheld that. Uh, you hear... Uh, responses from the left talking about, well, this is uh, uh, the establishment of religion. Uh, we're going to be pressured back into the old days. of, of, of We're going to move toward a theocratic system. Do we just ignore those? I mean, is that just, is that just a, a, a little tantrum that will pass? Do these people really believe that uh, such, such a an oppressive prospect is possible? 
Mark, you've asked a lot of questions. <laughs> I think the, <laughs> the, the answer is yes. <laughs> the The battle will never end. I mean, this is a battle against principalities and authorities, you know, light and darkness. And, and we will fight this fight as long as we're on the face of this earth. And, and the powers of darkness will always attempt to uh, shut down the opportunity for men and women of faith to express our faith in, in, um, in our nation. And the case that you just referred to uh, is a tremendous statement of once again, just because it's religious in nature does not mean that our free speech should be limited or, you know, funds for education, as you referred to uh, from that main uh, case uh, where the decision just recently came out too. You know, the, if you take the court cases that have come out of this term, uh, the one supporting uh, tuition, state tuition for religious education, if you take Coach Kennedy, of course, if you take the, the Dobbs decision supporting um, life, and there's another case out of, um, I think it was Boston, that um, um, the Supreme Court decided with a uh, religious or organization that they have the opportunity in a public forum that's open to all others to fly the flag of their organization in, in the front of a state house. You know, you look at all of those and you just think, thank you, God. Finally, some common sense. Finally, some Supreme Court decision and some justices who are standing up and protecting the, the rights of of men and women of faith. We have not seen these kinds of wins at the Supreme Court um, in, that I can remember in, in my recent past uh, memory of, of, of these kinds of decisions. This term was huge for men and women of faith in, in the United States and supporting us in our religious freedoms. And I don't want to lose, I don't want people to lose that. Your, your listeners that are listening to this, we can, um, you know, focus in on, you know, the, the pundits and the, you know, what's going on and mainstream media news and all that kind of stuff. And even in the conservative news that are focusing in on those small little minorities, uh, people who have decisions or, or, or whatever, but we've had huge wins. This has absolutely been mammoth for men and women of faith and for religious freedoms in the United States. In, in the Kennedy case, did you expect this decision to go your way, our way? Yeah, I think that everybody was, just like the Dobbs case, very positive that it would, because this is a, this is a very, if you look at it from a legal perspective, a very sterile uh, example of religious freedoms. There was one person who prayed in private, quietly, hmm. to himself during his free time. Hmm. And, and so it, it provided an opportunity for a very specific environment, a specific case to bring out the importance of religious freedoms from a constitutional standpoint. So yeah, everybody was very um, optimistic on this. In fact, uh, as uh, we were discussing a, a bunch of us about the legal approach of this case, that um, the, the legal approach was very specific and didn't try to broaden it beyond government employees in order to specifically get this win in, in order to establish this as precedence, if I can use that word, 
for religious freedom cases in the future. So yeah, it was a specifically chosen and uh, had a very positive outcome. Have the Christian churches, uh, the the maybe the the mainstream Christian churches, responded with this decision with exuberance? Have they have they celebrated? Uh, have have they talked about it, or do you see them taking a bit of a a wary, you know, let's not let's not let's not gloat approach? Yeah, that's a good question, Mark. You know, I haven't. These cases are are fairly fresh. I spoke at a conference last weekend. Uh, with uh, to a group of people, and the prob- this will probably be my only way to react to your question. But I actually I broke down these four cases that I'm referring to and, and the huge wins, and they were fired up. Good. I they I read the words from the decision. I put them up on the screen, and I read the words from the the justices, the majority opinions in these cases. And they were so fired up. I really, I don't know where people would have the opportunity to see distilled legal presentation of these points that came from these cases, other than our ministry, like Intercessors for America. We've presented all of these opportunities as wins. And and so I want to encourage everybody that's listening Go to IFA Pray, Intercessors for America, sign up. You get our alerts and you will get distilled perspectives of these types of decisions and other opportunities for you to pray and and praise God for religious freedom victories in the U.S. Do you think this decision will inspire a little more uh, prayer exercises, uh, Bible reading, Bible study in in school settings, maybe after school time? Well, absolutely. And you mentioned as you introduced me that uh, previous to my uh, role as president and CEO of Intercessors for America, I was vice president for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Did that for 20 years, traveled the nation working with staff and coaches, uh, tens of thousands of them across this nation. And I can tell you that in the back of their minds, they always wondered, would they get in trouble for doing what they um, what they were doing? Could they continue? And, and should they continue? Should they make a stand? Many of them thought, you know, maybe if I do this on my own time, off campus, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it is clear this case has brought clarity to this topic. And yes, I can tell you that for those men and women who want to, to uh, follow their God and to be faithful to their call to um, at least be a visual reminder of how you follow Christ on their free time in the work environment. This is a great opportunity. You, you mentioned that it is confined to government employees. They did, they did tailor, tailor it narrowly, but can this decision apply to businesses for instance yeah. we, we, we we've got we've got a, a corporation in which there are a few uh, uh, believing Christians who do a little Bible study once a week during lunch during the lunch hour and no one in the corporate leadership has a problem but let's say a a fellow employee complains that this is discriminatory it's it's a Bible study. And this is discrimination against people who believe in a same-sex marriage. Do you think that this could carry over to a situation like that? Well, I think legally it could, and I hope it does, to be honest with you. You know, 
for centuries, <laughs> certainly decades, the left on the political spectrum has, they've utilized the legal system to, to shape this culture. And men and women of faith have shied away from using the legal system for whatever reason. You know, maybe the scripture we shouldn't sue, which is really, we shouldn't sh sue fellow believers. But if we're going to be salt and light in our nation, if we're going to be culture changers as Christ has called us to, we've got to use every single tool available to us. And one of them is our legal system probably the most powerful one in this day and age. And so I absolutely hope that men and women of faith make a stand for their faith at their workplace during their free time, appropriately invite others to join without coercion. And if it goes to court, bring it on. Let's do it. I've, I'm friends with all of the major lead leaders, uh, leaders of all the major uh, legal defense funds. ADF, First Liberty, all of them. If you want to know how to get a hold of them, call Intercessors for America. I'll put you in touch with them because yeah. we got to stand up in this day and age. We got to fight. The day is over where we can passively sit back and watch the enemy of our souls take over our culture. As you can tell, I'm, Mark, I got a little fight in me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we need that and we, we need warriors. And, you know, generally speaking, I think people like you have been disappointed with the performance of Republican politicians, uh, certainly on the national stage, in holding firm on these issues. Now, I see this issue, I'm the common sense side of a coach just going to the field and giving a prayer of thanks. Yeah. None of our students got hurt. We played nobly. We lost, okay, we won, okay, uh, and it's open. Yep. To, to everyone who wants to volunteer. That's such a, again, a common sense allowance that it has to have by far a majority support. It's a political winner. Are, do, do you see Republicans uh, taking this case and, and the main case, even Dobbs, and making it uh, part of a banner for the campaign, either in November or, you know, this coming November or 2024? Well, I certainly know that those lawmakers and those future lawmakers that are involved with intercessors for America certainly would. And they're certainly champions for religious freedoms and religious expression uh, in the workplace. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I think that people can decide that this is an issue that they're not going to touch because they're afraid. And, you know, I got too much fight in me, Mark, to say that that's okay. And I, and I can see by your reaction too. Today, we live in a day and age that um, we are losing our culture, that the morality and the, um, the, 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 just the healthiness of the American family is under attack because there are so many things coming against um, against us. We've got to stand up and say what is right. You know, people said that um, that the Dobbs case has taken away women's rights. Well, I want to remind everybody that women still have the right to responsible sexuality. <laughs> that has not changed. And God's 
uh, plan for responsible sexuality involves a responsible man, a responsible woman, and, and that has not been taken away from them. And that's most important. That's on the front side of, of the whole pro-life, pro-choice argument. And, uh, and, and women are still able to say yes or no and, um, and be sexually responsible. Pastor Kubel, thank you for joining us today, reviewing these cases, uh, Bremerton, and, uh, and for your work at the Intercessors for America. Mark, thank you for your time. And thank you for listening to our conversation, which has been supported by Wyoming Catholic College, which combines great books, the Catholic tradition, and the great outdoors of the American West into an extraordinary education. Go to wyomingcatholic.edu or contact the admissions office at 877 332 2930.